All right. Paul, hopefully I can remember before we get finished with what I'm going to be sharing here for a few minutes, uh, before we start doing the carols, I want you to go down and grab the children so they can come up here and be with us, okay? Amen. Got a new Bible. My sweetheart got me a brand new Bible, Passion Translation, and uh, it's a birthday gift. You know, I, I, don't, I know that uh, the K, your birthday is very close to Christmas. It's mine's not very far, far off. Rifle. Anybody else have birthdays in December? Christmas? Oh, okay, 26. Wow, wow. Well, you know, birthdays during Christmas time is a bit different. And because it's probably the, uh, you know, birthdays any other time and you wrap the gifts and stuff like that and have nice birthday wrap. And uh, during Christmas time, it's always your birthday uh, gift is uh, wrapped in Christmas wrapping, always, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but how many of y'all ready for Christmas? Have you prepared yourself? You ready for Christmas? Marvin. Marvin's the only one that has, has been able to get gifts for everybody here. And, uh, no, but I'm sure there's, we're still got another five days, I guess, don't we? Yeah. But, um, but I know that there's one important thing that we, we need to do that you need to prepare yourself for. And it happens every Christmas. And many times we're ill prepared during that moment. We don't know what to say. It's when you receive a bad gift. How many of you ever received a bad gift? Someone got you a shirt and you're just like, oh my gosh. And, and, and the thing about it is that you don't know what to say, do you? I mean, you're, you're stumped at that moment. You don't know, how do I reply? You know, this is really a bad gift. When Sydney and I first got married, she would go and try to buy me clothes that her dad would like. But it's nothing that I would ever pick out, nothing at all. And uh, and I didn't know what to say. And uh, we finally got just bold enough, and we said, "Baby, just keep receipts, keep receipts. We can take that back, you know." But I want to help you this morning. I want to help you about when you think about gifts and what do you say in that moment. So you've got five days now. And it will probably happen, all right, that you get the bad gift. Does anybody know what they buy? Now, this is true. Uh, through a survey, the worst gift that you can give. Anybody? Fruitcake. Fruitcake is the number one bad gift. I think I've shared this before. When we lived in Statesboro, Georgia, we were about maybe 25 miles from a little place called Claxton, Georgia. And what they were known for were the Claxton fruitcakes. And <laughs> that was our... And so every Christmas, because one of the... one of the um, He was one of the operating managers there at Claxton or something like that. He would always bring us fruitcake. And uh, bad gift. We were, we were grateful. He was sweet and grateful. So we were able to bless Cindy's sister 
Joanne, because that girl loves fruitcake. So we would package up, send it out to Washington State, and she would get fruitcake. So, so I came up with five comments that you could say in the midst of tearing open that wrapping, pulling it out, and realize, oh, gosh, it's a bad gift. It's a bad gift. You can say this. Wow. <laughs> wow. In my wildest imagination, I never dreamed about getting something like this. That's one thing you could say. You know, that's pretty nice, isn't it? Another thing you say, you, you know, if my dog buries this, I'm going to be furious. Okay? That's another thing you could say. You could say, you know, I, I really love this. This is amazing. I love this. But, but I fear the jealousy that it's going to inspire within others. You could say, of all the Christmases, this Christmas, the Christmas that I vowed to give all my gifts to charity, I can't receive this gift. To say. Then the last thing you could say, if this works out in your home, you have one of these. You know, you say, you know, this is uh, this is ideal. It's perfect. It's the perfect gift to wear around in my basement. Okay. But you know, when we think about the Christmas time, we think about this time. It's it's definitely more than gifts, isn't it? You know, uh, as we reflect upon this season. It is, uh, sometimes we go into this season with a lot of hope and a lot of joy. And, and sometimes we go into this season really being challenged. And sometimes, you know, it, it, when we, we think about Christmas coming near, maybe it's not a lot of joyful thoughts or whatever. But I think it's important for us to reflect upon what Christmas really is all about and the gift that was given to us. In 2 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 9, verse 15, I've shared this before years ago, but it says, thanks be to, be to God for His indescribable gift, speaking of Jesus. It says, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Paul's trying to, as he pondered upon the gift of Christ, as he pondered upon what God did, and God Himself came and He wrapped Himself in human flesh and He became Emmanuel, God with us. As He's pondering this and wrapping His mind around it, He said, this gift is indescribable. It really is indescribable. And when you, when you ponder on that and you think upon that, especially during this time of the year, you think upon... <clears throat> what Jesus means to you. How many of you can think back on the first Christmas that was the real Christmas for you? I was 18 years old. I had given my life to Christ in July, July 16th, 1972. And I remember that December um, was my first, de first Christmas that Jesus was really real to me. And it was just, there was a satisfaction 
there was a fullness within me that you can't describe, can you? You can only experience it. You can't really describe it well. And that it was so different, so very different from every Christmas I ever had before to that point. Everything before was about the, the food. My mom could make some amazing food during Christmas time for the gifts that I received and things like that and, and uh, the Christmas lights and everything. And living in, uh, for a good while in Tennessee, it was having snow around Christmas was always on. You know, we got a 50% chance of snow this Christmas, they say here. That could be, could be amazing, couldn't it? But we think about this indescribable gift. I wrote down a couple of things that this indescribable gift is unbelievable in its purpose. This indescribable gift, the gift of Christ for you and I, that we become one with Him. We experience the oneness of Christ. We experience the very thing that brings fulfillment in our life is indescribable in its purpose. You know, sometimes when we think about Christmas, we think, and I've done a lot of Christmas sermons, and uh, you think, well, I've got, I've got to pull something out of Luke or Matthew or, you know, it's, it's telling the Christmas story, and I've preached a lot out of that before. You know, the shepherd's encounter with the angels and how the, the, the dark night just lit up with the glory of God and the glory and the splendor, it said, of these angels in Luke chapter 2. And But if you just take John 3.16, John 3.16 is everything that Christmas is about. That For God so loved the world, that He so loved you and I. So loved you, loved your family, loved the people that you're in contact with. He so loved you that he sent his only son. And sending his only son was with the purpose that you would have eternal life, that you would get to know him and receive him, encounter him, and, re and have eternal life. You know, in that simple pr phrase is his purpose his plan, his provision. His purpose is that God loved. Everything that God does comes out of a place of love. Everything that he says comes out of a place of love. Everything that he demonstrates for you and I is out of a place of love. His purpose is out of a place of love. And his purpose should become our purpose. So that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we communicate comes from a reservoir of love in our lives. So for God so loved the world, his purpose, that he gave his only son the plan. You know, the giving of his son was, like Rifle was saying earlier, was prophesied hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. You know, in Isaiah chapter 7, it talks about, and a, and a virgin shall be, conceive a child and bring forth a son. We will call him Emmanuel, God with us. 
It's amazing that the things that were spoken and the things that came about and and the, and the prophetic words that were spoken hundreds and hundreds of years before, but it came forth. It's amazing because it was prophesied that this child was would be born in a place called Bethlehem. And what God had to do, what God got, God brought forth through the Roman Empire, that of all times, of all seasons, of all dates, God puts it into their hearts to have a census. And it, so it made, made that every, every man go back to his birthplace to be counted. And so Joseph had to bring Mary with him all the way back to Bethlehem so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem and fulfill that prophetic word. It's amazing, the plan of God. It's amazing, the plan that he has for you and I. It is just absolutely incredible. You know, and the provision is that oneness, that eternal life that he brings to you and I. And so today, as we celebrate this Christmas season, we celebrate Christmas coming up, this Friday, that we can, we can just <coughs> exalt Him in the fact that He had a purpose, He had a plan, He had a provision, and all of that. Wrote down a number of things. You know that this this indescribable gift is is unfathomable in its love, unmerited by its recipients because it's a gift of grace, not out of our own efforts or anything out of Ephesians 2.8, that this gift is unlimited in its benefits, unstoppable with the power to save. How many of you right now, you have loved ones that do not know Jesus yet? Just lift your hands up. Almost everybody in this room, we have loved ones, people that we care for, people we pray for. You know, this gift that has been given, this gift that has been given is unstoppable in its power to save. And I've seen moments, I've seen situations, even in my own father's life, where he was, he was just, you know, literally days from dying, and that God got through to him. A man that had, had, the, the ability to communicate was gone. The, bil- the ability really to reason was gone. But God gave him a moment, gave him clarity in his mind. My father passed away, and had dementia, severe dementia. Had, couldn't remember anybody, didn't know anybody, didn't know anything that was going on. But in a moment, a few weeks before he passed away, in an adult daycare situation, a preacher came in and preached the gospel and they noticed my dad was crying. That's a miracle in itself. My dad dad never cried. And a man that was really mentally absent from everything, he had clarity in his mind. And he went over and checked with my dad and he said, listen, I've, I've I've totally messed my life up and I ran from God and 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 I ruined my family and and he says I'm lost. 
And they said, Doug, would you like to receive Jesus right now? And he said, yes, I would. Clarity of his mind. I mean, only God can do that. Only God has the passion, the desire, the hope that nothing is impossible for anyone to receive the gospel and for their life to be turned around. And in that moment, my dad received Christ into his life. And within just probably 30 seconds, it was the, the window had shut. But see, God is unstoppable in the power to save. God is unstoppable in the power to save. It speaks of like on, on, on the day that the shepherds were out in the darkness and the angel came and the light was shown. Can you imagine how glorious? It, it talks about just with one angel proclaiming the birth of Jesus. It lit the sky up, the splendor. But then it was joined by the all the heavenly hosts, the armies of God. Can you imagine how bright, how glorious that was? I love the passage in it's in Luke chapter, I mean, it's in Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them has light shone to them. And that's what Jesus did. The birth of Jesus was that light that came pierced through the darkness of that time, pierced through the Jewish people. Where, where they were, they were uh, being, you know, enslaved by the Roman Empire, and 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 and, and, and the remembrances of the, I'm sure the remembrances of the prophetic words and that the Messiah was coming, Messiah was coming, it's been prophesied that a Messiah was coming, but yet it seemed like it was darker than ever. How can a Messiah come? How could he ever overthrow? In their minds thinking to overthrow the Roman Empire. How could he do that? How could he amass an army large enough to do something like that? Of course, we know that the plan was that his, Jesus says that my kingdom is a different kingdom. And, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into the hearts of men and change their hearts. But it says this light came into a place of darkness and it changed everything. In John chapter 1, John is in his own way, you know, Mark talked a bit about the birth of Jesus and Matthew did and, and um, Luke did. And, and John here, he speaks about the coming of Christ, but in a very different way. And this is what he writes. It's just at the beginning of John. He says, in the very beginning, the living expression was already there. You know, the coming of Jesus wasn't that he was absent. The coming of Jesus in, in, in the form of a baby wasn't mean that, that he was detached or whatever. He was always there, says, and the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through this creative inspiration, 
the living expression made all things gives us a background of what Jesus was all about and what he did even before he came here. For nothing has existence apart from him. And life came into being because of him. For his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through darkness. It says here, bursts through gloom. The light that darkness could not diminish. I just want you to ponder and think a moment on the affairs of your life right now. And in your own life right now, how much are, are there parts of your life that is seemingly defined by darkness, by gloom, by something that's overbearing, it's too much? And I just want to, I just want to encourage you as we're in this Christmas season, that He is the light that conquers darkness and overwhelms all point of darkness. So if there's darkness in your life, and we all have moments, don't we, that we get a lie is sown into our mind or a circumstance happens in our life and it just seems like it's, it's crowding in on us and bringing darkness into us. All we need to do is just to Realize that light is within us. It's been given to us. And that light always overcomes darkness. Always overcomes darkness. In John chapter 8, let's see if I can turn to it real quick. John chapter 8, Jesus is declaring this about himself. And then and this is... Uh, Chapter 8, verse, looks like, best I can read, verse 12. Then Jesus said, I am the light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they will never walk in darkness. They will never walk in darkness. See, us allowing darkness to remain in our life is a choice that we have made. But I want to encourage you. Christmas tells us that we don't have to experience that. Whether it's darkness over your finances, darkness over your health, darkness within relationships, within your family, doesn't matter. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie. Because when, when light comes, you know, we, if we, we, if we, Shut out every light in this room. Unplug the Christmas tree. And we just take out every light. It would get fairly dark in here. Then at nighttime, it would be really dark. But all I have to do is just turn on a few switches. And all of a sudden, the, the darkness is dispelled. All you have to do, my friends, is to step in and say, Listen, the light that's within me will illuminate will cast away this darkness that I feel right now. God's able to do it. He's already done it. He's already done it. Paul, can you, if you go ahead and get the, uh, hey, Joe, if you want to go ahead and bring people up on the stage and we're going to, I want to, I want to just share this with you. You know, the, 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 the light of God 
brings the ability to see and see things that they really are, to see the truth in things, aren't they? It, it, it brings that to us. That the light dispels the fear. Fear is that, that we can't see. We don't know what's ahead. We don't know what awaits us. But the light of who He is, He has come into our life to bring light. It dispels the fear. It dispels the uncertainty. Dispels the darkness. And we can... We should live that out, walk that out every day. Every day, every morning we get up, we go, my goodness, man, I am burning today. I am burning with the light of God within us. Mark, or Matthew chapter 5. See, the light that Jesus brought into our lives is that you would be filled with His light. The same light that lit that Bethlehem sky up at night that Jesus was born. That same light lives within you. And it lives within you so that you can be a light to the darkness around you. You know, we, as Stephen was sharing, we had... The opportunity this Christmas, two families here in Richmond, and we don't know how many children in India, we were able to send them a gift of $500. And, and we know that, I know Bevington will he'll stretch that thing out, man, and be able to, to give a lot of gifts to kids. And, and I can imagine the joy that's going to bring to them. But we had the opportunity to say, listen, we have light. We have light. We had two families in Richmond that it was, it was going to be a dark Christmas for them. A really dark Christmas. I know as a parent, I couldn't imagine not being able to have something that I could give my children. Some type of gift, no matter how small or little. Or something to make, make this Christmas time memorable for them. And we were able to do that. We were that light. Jesus says this, your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? How can you hide a city? You can. And who would light a lamp and then hide it under an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from the light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. That they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Not only is Christmas, as we reflect upon Christmas, as a moment that something got illuminated within our lives at some point in some time that we saw in a different way. We began to live in a different way. We didn't live in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the prisons that we were in. We began to live in a different way. But that's only a part of the story. The other part of the story is for you and I 
to live out that light every day. The light that we think about at Christmas time, that light we are to live out every day. So let's all stand up. Got your little candle. Kids, come on up, on in. We're going to sing some Christmas carols together. 